Charlie Reimer Golf Show. I'm your friendly host, Charlie Reimer. It's my show, so I get to talk about what I want to talk about, to who I want to talk about that stuff with. You can call it stuff. Some people call it other things. But today, I've got one of my favorites, a man I got a chance to meet and spend a little time with out in Lake Tahoe, Kevin Millar. Kevin, 10 plus years in the big leagues, 270 home runs. He was a member of the 2004 World Series champion, Boston Red Sox. Of course, uh, that was the first title for Boston going back to 1918, broke the curse of the Bambino. He's now with MLB Network. He's co-host of their longest running show for over 10 years, Intentional Talk. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Hey, this is big time stuff, Chaz. I, I, I love talking golf too. So it's nice to kind of get me a golf guy that, yeah, you can help me out. <laughs> well, let's start right there. The most important question, how's your golf game right now? And the, and the, and the most important answer, how do you get the ball in the hole? I mean, I, I, I can put you in good spots. I, I, you know, we talk about putting, right? It's constantly putting, putting, putting. If you want in my garage, I got 62 putters. It's like yeah, the Smith's Academy. And you got different grips. So what's that scream? It screams struggle bunny. Uh, golf game's okay. I don't know why, but I don't understand the putting aspect of it. Well, nobody does. So I uh, don't feel like the Lone Ranger. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. You turned 50 last year. I'm 54. Right when I turned 50, I went out and played some events on PGA Tour Champions. I thought I could go like 20 years and work every day and then pick up a club practice for six months and go compete. I found out real quick that wasn't, a, wasn't the case. But you got away from baseball for seven years in some crazy promotion, went to a double-A team for like one night and hadn't seen live pitching in seven years. And what did you do? So Charlie, what happened was I was undrafted as a, as a player. So I never was drafted. You had five years to be drafted at your senior year in high school, two years in junior college, and two years in a university. I went to Lamar University. But I so I signed at, to the Northern League. So the Northern League was an independent baseball team owned by Bill Murray, uh, Michael Veck, Marv Goldklang, and so fun guys, independently owned. You're making 600 bucks a month in 1993. So I started my career there and signed with the Florida Marlins out of that independently. Well, fast forward, I go through the whole career, get to the big leagues, go fight, win. And then they're having a bobblehead with Bill Murray and myself. So they called me and said, hey, Kevin, we're having a bobblehead uh, that night. Can you show up? And I said, yeah. But I was joking, but kind of serious, but kind of joking. I said, if I, could, if I can get in at bat. And they're like, oh, yeah, let, let us call the league. Well, they called me back, Charlie, about two weeks ago, said, we got you confirmed. Well, I'm 45 years old at this time. My last year, I was 38 years old, so I haven't seen live pitching in seven years. I text Bill Murray. I said, hey, I'm going to St. Paul. You better be there for this bobblehead night or I'm not going. He said, hey, I'm trying to, but it was his sister's birthday, so he couldn't go. I show up in, in, in Minnesota. They have this beautiful stadium. There's 10,000 people. It's sold out. And here I am. I look like Brett Favre. I had the, you know, I look like Santa Claus, the gray beard. And I'm talking to the kids and I was in your spot and you guys do this and believe it and blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm going to get one at bat. I, I, I was going to Tahoe a couple weeks from there. So I didn't want to like pull the oblique. You know, that's the new muscle now to pull the old fat, the oblique, my Krispy Kreme donut here. So I'm like, let's uh, just take it easy, right? <laughs> <We> got, <laughs> so, hey, 
I, this is a true story. I look at the guys at dugout. I'm like, do I swing at the first pitch? Do I take a pitch? Was well, we are facing a left-hander? I take the first pitch. It was like a slider down. So the count's one and zero. And all of a sudden, it like locks in. You know, like you said, you, you you're 50 years old. You're trying, but all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, you're competitive. So I see him shake, and I see him shake, and I'm like, this son of a gun's trying to throw the fastball. Immediately, you go into your 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 mode, and I hit it. And the ball went out. And when I when I hit it, it was like I couldn't do this when I was in shape, let alone a dad. And I'm rounding these bases, and I hit a home run. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? I think I just blacked out. <laughs> and then Bill Murray texted me that night. He's like, is this true? Because I didn't even know if they had pictures of what was on ESPN and the whole shebang. And it was awesome. The most impressive thing about that whole story is that you text with Bill Murray. That's a. Bill, because he only texts, you only get one text per year, if not three years, because he still has that old Blackberry flip flown, whatever it is. <laughs> well, you mentioned that you were going to Tahoe. That's where you and I got a chance to spend some time together. I know you like playing those celebrity golf tournaments. I've had a chance to host uh, the Ace Shootout over in Hawaii every year, the great event that benefits Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Wonderful people. I know you've had a chance to play in it. I'm headed back next year to host the show. I'm hoping to see you out there playing again because me and you in Hawaii for a week together are going to have a lot of fun. But but big picture, that event, other celebrity golf events, how much fun is that for you, especially now that you're 50 years old? It, it, it's everything you live for, honestly, God. I mean, I, I truly like the Lake Tahoe event, starting off with that one, is like seriously our Augusta. It's our Masters. It's Everything you want to be. One, the celebrity list is ridiculous. My first few years, you had Michael Jordan, you have Bo Jackson, you have, I mean, you look now, you got Steph Curry, you got Justin Timberlakes, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tony Romos, you're looking left and right, and you're like, and, and I'm like at the 89th list out of the 90, maybe 90th. <laughs> I'm back, so I'm holding on for dear life, and I'm like, man, I hope this show doesn't get canceled because <laughs> I wasn't a good enough player to only be here on my players' accolades. But, but the point being is that. It is truly a wonderful feeling because you prepare for this. We all go in there thinking our game is tight. We all go in there saying, hey, how you feel? Oh, I feel great. I shot 75 yesterday. I shot 78. And those are good scores for us, Charlie. You're looking at me going, uh-uh, 75. No, but that's what we come in talking smack about going, yeah, I feel good. Well, and then that first hole happens. And then they say, and next up on the tee box, you know, we got da, 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 and your hands start sweating, your palms, and you're not sure if this ball is going to go left, right, dribble, straight down the middle. Your first putt, you're trying not to two putt or three putt, so you end up three putting. And I'm like, why does that happen every single year? And we all talk about the same thing, Erlacher, Tim Brown. It doesn't matter. It is just that feeling that gets your juices flowing. It's different, too, when the TV cameras are there, especially, you know, when they're live like they are at Tahoe and some of the other events. Yeah, it, 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 you know what it is? You're out of your element. Yeah. You're at, you could sit me in the Yankee Stadium with Roger Clemens on the mound and 67,000 people. That's in my element, right? So you're in your element. When you go out, out of your element, it'd be like me putting you in the batter's box. You'd be like, holy cow, Kevin, these, that looks like a, a flying bullet going by. Randy Johnson just threw a 100-mile-hour fastball. You're like, boop. But you put you on a golf course making a nine-footer left to right on the left edge. You're like, yeah, let's just hit that left edge. Just put down your line. And I'm over here going, Charlie, no, I just pulled it nine balls left. Or I peaked, and now it's going off to the right. That's just, I think that's, we, we have good shots in us, but we're not 100% sure if it's going to be good or bad. Well, I sure enjoy uh, 
getting you guys out there. It's the only environment I'm going to make fun of you, and I can assure you. <laughs> it's always a lot of fun being an announcer on those events. Let's switch gears and talk some baseball. Um, I was at Braves game yesterday. It, it went to extra innings. It's the first time I've seen it in person with a runner starting a second. I, I'm seeing uh, catchers now calling pitches on electronic devices. I, I'm hearing that there's big rules changes coming in baseball. I still can't get used to looking out there and seeing that big shift. I understand that's going away. Talk huh. to me about some of these changes we're going to see in MLB moving forward and your opinion on, on, on what's going on in the game. Yeah, it's interesting because I just did my first three games this weekend with Nesson and the Red Sox were in town with the, you know, the Rangers and, and, and to, you know, play your whole life, you don't realize all eyes are on you when you're a fan and I'm, and you're able to see everything, the details of baseball, the shift will start there. Crazy. Like Rafi Devers, who's the third baseman for the, the Boston Red Sox, who is an absolute star in this game, if not top seven players out there. To see him go from third base to a basically a shortstop position, Trevor Story goes from second base to a right field position. He made a play yesterday on a backhand play, basically in center field, and turns around and throws the ball. Now that's the that's the 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 difference these days is the shift is just a dynamic shift. They used to shade you, you know. I was a pull hitter, Joe Madden. Was, would shade the left fielder over knowing that Millar has no power to the right field. He's going to be a pull hitter, and 80% of his ground balls are on the ground to the left side. I understand that, but you shaded the guy. Now they just take the right fielder. They bring him over to left center. It's like a softball positioning, and I don't know if I like it. I really don't know if I like it. I know that we have so much information all of sports. They know exactly what you're hitting at 4.30 p.m. on turf with cloudy skies. Uh, it's almost like it's a robot type game yeah. and now I understand why players they try to hit home runs because you can't get the ball on the ground I mean Alex Verdugo hit a line drive base up the middle nope there was a guy standing right behind second base now it was a great swing you felt great it'd be like you hitting a great drive down the middle 300 yards and it goes in that divot that's in the lip and it sits up and now you're penalized for a beautiful drive like it's like it doesn't now, make it, sense it's, to me. it's like they tiger proofed all these courses because he changed the game. They put bunkers where he was hitting it. And it has to be that same sort of feeling. Yes. And it's really, it's really, I don't know if it's great. I don't know. But I, I, I know one thing looking at the shifts from a, from an eye in the sky was pretty interesting. Um, the game of baseball itself, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, the yesterday Garcia hits a home run right center field. He literally walked nine steps before he even started moving he's walked it's sixth inning now regular season game and he's pointing the dugout beautiful moment for him and his teammates but i'm like if pedro martinez was pitching or roger clemens was pitching or randy you are absolutely drilled in the neck your neck's a bat that was just the way the game was there's a reaction for or a consequence for your reaction end of story you could do a backflip if you want but you're probably going to get 95 right here so you didn't do a backflip now, I think the entertainment value, it's, it's pretty cool. I've had to adjust going from an old school dude to like, all right, I understand it. This is the kind of the society we're in. We're a little softer. I always say softer than hummus. Uh, and we can't yell at Henry, the football. You can't grab a face mask or you're going to get a call from the mom and an email from the principal. So things have changed. 
You know, there's that constructive criticism that's gone. Now you got to kind of pat him on the back. But the game has changed. It's in a good spot. I just, it's different. Yeah, yeah. We're just we're a couple of old guys in their fifties talking about well, back when we used to play. Right, right. All I know is 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 chicks dig the long ball. We got to have all that's right. All our sports and talking about slowing the driver down, the golf ball down. You can't hit it as far. I'm like, what? That's what people show up for, you know? And that's right. To slow it down. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see how they evolve. And as you and I get older, we'll probably just get grumpier and fatter too. So that's right. Get off our yard <laughs> <laughs> or lawn. Hey, gr- growing up. Uh, and you grew up in L.A. Who, who was who was a baseball player that was your hero? My golf hero was Jack Nicklaus. But who was your hero in baseball? Yeah. So I, I'll give you two. My, my uncle, Wayne Nordhagen, he played in 77 to about 83 with the White Sox. Back when Tony LaRusso managed the White Sox, when they had those collared shirts and the shorts, they used to wear shorts as their as their unis. I was a, you know, 11-year-old, 12-year-old, 13-year-old kid, but Uncle Wayne was in the big leagues. That's all I wanted to do. I looked up to Uncle Wayne, who was my dad's sister's husband. They're still married today. He's still living today. He's a great, awesome dude. So he was my idol. I looked up to him. I was a Dodger fan now. So, you know, Garvey, Lopes, Say, Ron Say, Dusty Baker, Reggie Smith. Then it was more of a Pedro Guerrero. He gave me a wristband when I was in high school and it was like this long and it said, say no to drugs. Eventually he got in trouble for drugs down the road, but it was ironic. I wore that wristband. It had his picture and it was like, I had these skinny little arms from my forearm to my wrist. I wore it every day and I tried to hit like him. He had like this waggle, but that's who I really loved. You know, that was right in my sweet spot in high school was Pedro Guerrero. I, I love hearing the old baseball stories. And, and I'll tell you what I love so much about baseball that doesn't happen in golf. Before Tim Fincham retired as PGA Tour Commissioner, I had this conversation with him. It used to be in golf that the great players became the great teachers and they mentored the players that came along, um, not only with their golf swings, but the unwritten rules that don't seem to be around as much anymore. In baseball, you guys don't have that because the former players, a lot of times, they'll they'll end up they'll end up being coaches, they'll end up being managers, or at the very least, they show up during spring training. We don't have any time in golf where the legends get a chance to spend time with the rookies, and I love that you guys do that in baseball. Yeah, it's funny. Golf and golfers always had a label of not being very friendly because really, you guys personally. Back then, you didn't talk to anybody. You had your swing coach in the golf. You swing coach in golf. You putt for three hours. You hit nine hours. There's no like, you know, boys club, I call it. You know, joking around. Hey, sweet shirt, Charlie. Hey, nice fake teeth, Kevin. Hey. And that's what baseball has is that clubhouse camaraderie. Like Andy Roddick, you know, he and I are friends and and he lived in Austin and now he's in Carolina. But my point being is he's like, you guys were lucky because you had that clubhouse feel. You had constant clubhouse field where he goes here I am stretching uh, you know in the same locker room with Nadal who I'm getting ready to get my butt kicked from we don't speak you only have your swing coach you only like he traveled with his coach as a 15 year old kid in Europe but personally you know I mean personality wise they're a little bit introverted you know and it's kind of like this oh hi 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 now you've had Ricky Fowler stepped in he's got the Puma flat bill and you got Justin Thomas he's got a personality and you got guys kind of ragging on each other it makes it fun. 
it makes it fun, you know, and Tiger actually speaking to people. The funniest thing ever was when Rom had those comments. He's like, he didn't say nothing to me. I, I, I guess he doesn't like me, but he goes, Justin Thomas, he, he's laughing. And, you know, Freddie Couples and Justin Thomas is about hit the only two guys Tiger likes. And Rom said, I asked him, can you give me one tip? He said, just focus on the ball. And he walked away. <laughs> Tiger's got pretty thick needle and he, he likes sticking it in those guys for sure. I love it. <laughs> to hear those stories and then the stories that I hear that I can't repeat as you know are the ones that, that really are a whole lot of fun um you made the switch this over 10 years ago now from being an athlete to being on uh television ha having a show um isn't it amazing how much training they do not give you do not give you we <laughs> make that switch it's like sink or swim and I think the suits like it uh, uh, better when, when they when when they sink an athlete sink rather than swim when they give them a shot at, at getting into television but it's like all of a sudden you're in front of a tv and nobody's told you a damn thing about anything isn't that the truth i, I always said why don't they send us to school for two weeks i didn't even know what a talk back button was i didn't know how to put an earpiece in let alone tie a tie and it was a suit and tie tie or, or show that the first show i did i'm like i'd have harold reynolds help me i'm like how do you even hold this tie you know it, the, the bottom line is this. From day one, I said, I'm, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I don't know a whole lot. I don't know how to say names. I'm going to be me. When they ask me to be, you know, to come on the show, they're not asking you to be this stale, typical TV guy looking left, looking right. I didn't know what camera I was looking in. And then it became organic. It'd be like, oh, that's Millar. Oh, that's Charlie. So I'm still me. I still don't know a tie tie. I'm still not smart. I still don't know guys' names. I tank my questions. I still get, you know, my pit starts sweating when I, I have an interview. I can relate to that. That might yeah, have some get, going right you, now. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like we're smuggling water balloons. I, I, I still get nervous. I don't know how to ask questions because we've always been interviewed, right? This is easy. Charlie's got to ask all the questions. You know, you got to kind of look at Wikipedia and figure out who the hell Malara is and what the hell's going on. Half the time, I don't even know what, who the hell I have on. I'm like, uh, uh, who is it? Uh, wait, who, what? But it's part of being who we are and who right. I am. I, I, I was like, I'm not going to change. And we've had fun with it. I bring a clubhouse type feel to television. I want to know who's the cheapest. I want to know who, who has the worst shower body. I want to know who has the, the worst car in the parking lot. Cause everybody's got to have a nice car. You make a million of dollars. <laughs> I love to hear Charlie Blackman drives a 1998 you know, Cherokee, and he still drives a Jeep Cherokee with a $200 million contract. That's mm. fun. We know you're hitting 300 or, or winning 20 games. Give me something else. I don't give a crap about all that. I'm with you. Amen, brother. Keep being you. And, and in the spirit of that, I, I've got some, maybe not rapid fire, but some just some odd questions I want to finish, finish up with. And I'm sure you've had this one a lot, but I got to know, when's the last time you've had to buy your own beer in Boston? <laughs> you know what? The Jack Daniels shots start flowing there because we did shots at Jack. We won eight games straight. So now Jack, Dan everywhere I go, so now I'm like, I got to kind of go in there secretly because I'm not sure if I want to sit here and drink this fire <laughs> Jack Daniels at noon, but it's been a while. Well, I, and deservedly so. Okay, so past, present, wherever you want to go with this, and and I'm, I'm glad you, you, you mentioned talk about the clubhouse feel. All-time funniest guy in the clubhouse. Ryan Dempster, Canadian boy. I told, I, I said, if, if, if I didn't marry my wife, I'd marry Ryan Dempster when we were young. He cleaned house. He's a great cook. 
he, the, 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 he, he was like, you know, he's a 21 year old kid throwing 98 miles an hour, could throw a strike if you paid him. He was a second round pick. And I'm like, the nicest guy, the funniest guy, you have to have him on. He could do a Harry Carey impersonation. He is remarkable, remarkable as a human being, but he's like a brother. And I told him, I said, bro, I'd marry you. I, I'd, before this got cool when dudes were getting married, I would marry you because you're the best housekeeper I've ever been around. I'm starting to get a little uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> you want to get married, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing next week? <laughs> hey, um, I was going to ask you nastiest pitcher that you've ever faced. I'm just assuming the answer to that. Is, is Randy Johnson. So what, what, I mean, what's it like in a big situation? And, and I had a chance to just be around him a couple of times when we come out to like the Phoenix Open and play golf every year. And I just couldn't imagine. I mean, that dude's like 10 feet tall. And I, I just couldn't yeah. imagine even standing in the batter's box with him slinging something at me. Yeah, he's not nice either. Let's be honest. I mean, he's not the most personal cozy guy. So he's not gonna give you a hug after he strikes you out throwing 101 miles an hour. Uh, he would curl this little, this little, goatee below the lip and he'd sit there and then he he had this glove that you could barely see his eyes i'm like you're six foot ten he's throwing 101 miles an hour the release points halfway to the to the to the plate i'll tell you a quick one i went four for four on a game he started i hit a home run i hit a double first time i faced him everybody's like oh you own randy johnson i'm like no 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 that was a thousand percent lucky. He struck me out 30 of the next 50 times. I'm telling you, the most I've ever struck out was against Randy Johnson. And in my first game was, I think, the only four hits I've ever gotten off Randy Johnson. Did, did he ever hit you? Along no, he didn't hit me, thank up. God. No, yeah. I would have went through my through my obliques and it would have came out the other side. So I think he felt oh, he felt bad for me. Man down over there. <laughs> So, so when I'm talking to baseball players, I just have this standard question, and I, I love asking this. Have you ever in your career during a long inning had to go poopy really bad? And if so, how did you handle that? Yeah, thank God it was away uniforms. We had grays on. If you're going home whites, it can get a little dicey. You might want to just go ahead and slide in the dugout and act like you fell so you can have the seeds and the dip and the spit. And then it just kind of blends in. So sometimes that happens. But the problem is when you're at the plate, Charlie. You're at the plate and that stomach starts hurting, you know. And you, mm. you, you know, you're, you're in between pitches. You're looking out for a sign and you got to get in and you let one go. Well, the poor catcher and the umpire are sitting there. That's a big deal. Those poor guys, they got to suffer. Now they're sitting there looking at each other. Well, then you know you can't tell them it was you. So then there's like <laughs> three dudes in there. <laughs> but yeah, I love baseball players. Yeah, yeah, and baseball players in the locker and and in the locker rooms and golfers, we look at the world the same way. Because I can tell you twenty <laughs> minutes of poopy stories myself. <laughs> and the best when one you're ever. Off the next inning. Right. The best one I ever heard was from Jack Nicholas, and I better keep that one to myself. But <laughs> I think that's why we get along so well. Hey, th that's this right. is just a this is just a, a curiosity thing. Um, all, all the gunk that you guys put on the bat, you know, golfers got to keep, we got to keep our hands clean. Like I'm, I'm, I have a phobia of like uh sunscreen when I'm playing golf to the point I won't shake hands with somebody. Cause I, I don't want to get anything, you know, on right. the grip. Well, y'all are the opposite y'all the pine tar and all that stuff, but I'm seeing these guys now. And when I see a shot and I haven't heard one of the announcers talk about it, there's like a little thing that it's like plastic and it looks like a divot yep. repair tool. And it like go, goes like in, the, and I don't know if it's bottom thumb or top thumb, but you know, it's just always the, 
idiosyncrasies of guys getting ready. It's like every player has that little thumb thing. What in the world is that? Well, I, I called it a word that we can't say on the show, uh, but it's a, it's a pad and it goes over here. So it lays inside here. So when you get jammed, you get this bone bruise in here. Okay. So they oh. have this little pad, but you could think about the word I'm using and if you can go blank pad. So <laughs> I understand. that was, yeah. So that was basically when, 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 when you would get jammed, you'd get this bone bruise and it hurt. Well, they have those things you'd put over, you know, your thumb and a lot of hitters use them. And a lot of great hitters use them. Maybe I should have used them, but that was part of my thing was trying to be, no, no, I ain't using that pad. No, uh, no. It's like, if you get hit, now you get guys that got, I counted yesterday, Alex Verdugo, he had a toe pad on, he had a ankle guard on, he had an elbow guard on, he had a guard on his hand on, and he had a pad in the back of his pocket. So when he, if he gets on first base, he puts on this wrist guard. I said, this guy, and the problem is he's going to get hit and it's not going to hit any of those pads. You're <laughs> fouled off the, the knee. And the next day you'll have a knee brace on and the next day you'll have an oblique brace. So it's, it is funny because the old days, I mean, you just didn't have those pads. Now we got pads for everything pads and you got pads and pads everywhere. You got face pads and masks. And you remember the guys that had no ear flaps back in the day when they hit Dusty Baker and the boys. Yeah. And the funny little gloves that they wear when they get on base, they got to run mittens. somebody out. Yeah. I'm like, I don't understand all of that. It's, it's all looks. And my, we're my old guys. Is, we're all grumpy one. guys. I go, dude, yeah, I go, dude, what is that? My, my kid, he goes, come on, dad, that's some drip. I go, drip? What the hell is drip? You know what drip is? Getting three hits and stealing a bag and winning a game for your team. That's drip. You're the best. I, I could spend 10 hours doing this. I know you're a busy man. You got to get out there and do all your ranching with the, the three cattle that you have. So you're a fake rancher, <laughs> <laughs> which I can relate to. But I'm going to finish with this. Do you get free clothes from... Peter Millar. Golly, I'm so glad you. But can we get that? That's Uncle Peter. No one. I. I no. I got to pay ninety eight dollars and twenty eight cents like you do for a shirt from Peter Millar. And and I've been saying Uncle Peter hasn't gotten a hold of me. I've been trying to text him. So this is our job on the show is to get Charlie and Kevin a free Peter Millar shirt. I'm large. I'm a. I'm. I'm a large now. I used to be an X large. Uh, I'm a large. I'm really an X large, but I'm gonna say I'm a large. I'm going the other way. I don't think they make anything in Peter Millar that would fit me. Kevin Millar, thank you for your time. Keep being you. Uh, love you, buddy. Appreciate you taking time to come on the show. Love you too, bro. You're awesome.